Welcome to Coopercast, Act Like Nothing's Wrong, Part 3. This is your host, Al's ringtone, John Sachs. Al reacts to various online reviews, teases us about the upcoming box set, and how Joe Walsh was his Jeff Lynn on Hollywood Vampire. Well, here's uh, some reviews. This is, this is as you know, it's sometimes on Amazon, people will write very extensive reviews. This one is just sort of interesting because he says, as with most CDs, bought for one song. He bought this record just to get one song. Always liked this diamond ring. Heard him do an abbreviated version once on a talk show a few years after this was released. He bought the album to, for this song. He said, paid twelve ninety nine for a single song. No complaints. I do that a lot. So one song, five stars. Album, 2.5 stars. He bought it for this diamond ring. He loves it. Whatever. Whatever, yeah. Whatever it takes. All right, now here's a really extensive uh, review by somebody identified as Kindle customer. Who? Kindle is uh, Amazon's, you know, read a book thing. K-I-N-D-L-E. Yeah. The title of the review is Cooper's Customary Exquisite Sounds. I thought you'd like that. Finally, a compliment. He, re- he reviewed this in 2008, and I'll read some of this back to you and edit some of this out. Cooper's seventh solo album, I Stand Alone, You Never Know Who Your Friends Are, he lists them all, uh, not including duet live albums or albums, continues his characteristic exquisite sound. The cover has his head on her body on the front, her head on his body on the back. In the same vein as the cover of... He neglected to say that both shots were naked. Right. Well, maybe he's church-going. I don't know. Uh, In the same vein as Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Child is Father to the Man. The songs are often accompanied by little sound bites to keep the listening experience personable and enjoyable. This last aspect may be what seemingly prohibited radio stations from giving Cooper airplay, How Does a Disc Jockey Play a Track from an Album?, ending it before the soundbite or before the track blends into the next track. That's his opinion. God forbid they should fade out. I know. Uh, This Diamond Ring is Cooper's cover of a song that he co-wrote that was ultimately thrust into the top ten by Gary Lewis and the Playboys in the 60s. Cooper never liked their cover of the song, so after over a decade, Cooper finally shows us how he wanted it done. Cooper plays clavinet, guitar, and all keyboards on this track. This guy actually um, gets it right because somebody else's comment was that you wrote it for Gary Lewis and the Playboys, which, of course, is absurd. You actually wrote it for the Drifters, right? That's correct. She Don't Ever Lose Her Groove is a wonderful soul funk song that starts with the momentary sound. By the way. Yes. Um... On my box set, yeah, uh, it's the first song on side one. Sure, the demo of this diamond ring, which is sung by uh, a friend of mine at the time named Jimmy Radcliffe. If we keep teasing people about the box set and it doesn't come out, they're gonna they're going to uh, gather outside with pitchforks and uh, they don't know where I live. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Although they probably know where I live, because I'm easier to find than you. Um, I'll let you know if there's a mob outside my house demanding the uh, demanding the box set. 
She Don't Ever Lose Her Groove is a wonderful funk, soul funk song that starts with a momentary sound bite, presumably the engineer saying, play that some bitch, followed by a momentary chuckle by Cooper. The song also showcases the slide guitar work by Cooper, along with piano. Note, he was originally a guitarist before he, quote, accidentally was thrust into fame, obscurity, after the Hammond B3 player on Dylan's Like a Rolling Stone. Any particular thoughts on Hollywood Vampire? Because it was. A- I thought it was. Uh, it was kind of like um, Electric Light Orchestra, uh-huh. ELO. Okay. It was that kind of sound. Ergo, uh, that's what Joe Walsh did. He was Jeff Lynne. Right. He played the role of Jeff Lynne. Here is a review translated from Spanish, from French, that says. It is very pleasant to listen and listen to again. That's the review. I'll take that. Yeah. So that was the album. It was done Florida, Atlanta, Nashville, L.A., and maybe in London. Yeah. And maybe a little New York. But you were sort of living in Atlanta still after Skinner? 76? No, I I was in uh, L.A. Okay, now here's an interesting factoid. That, to you. Well, <laughs> to, that Wikipedia turns up. It says it was the first and only album for United Artists. It was six years before he recorded his next album, Championship Wrestling. True. True. I was doing other stuff, I guess. Well, sort of, it sort of sounds like, act like nothing's wrong. It's kind of transitional for you with a lot of it connects to Atlanta in the southeast, but then it ends up out in L.A. where the next phase of your life takes place. Something yeah. like that. Well. Whatever. Whatever. 1976. Hmm. That sound is Al playing the organ on the dining room table. Can you give us, um, can you give us a little green onions, please? I'm pretty sure that does not violate copyright for you to do that. This has been Coopercast Act Like Nothing's Wrong Part 3, brought to you by Iffy Online Reviews. Subscribe at Apple, Spotify, or just about anywhere. And you can always visit alcooper.com for photos, videos, and to send in your podcast questions for Al.